All the ISD is moving in a new way forward, and we want to keep you in the loop. So during each episode of our podcast, we'll bring in new people, people like teachers, students, staff, even district leaders, to talk about all the things happening in All the ISD. Every time I'm about to record a podcast, my voice goes ballistic. And so here we are, ballistic. I don't know what happened. I feel like I'm going through puberty. Hello. Thanks for tuning in to episode six of season four of All the Things, the Alden ISD podcast. I'm Shalia Reed, Chief of Staff in Alden ISD. You haven't heard my voice in a little while if you haven't been tuning in. I am excited about today's episode, and as we planned it, uh, it happens to still be Women's History Month, so we are featuring a very special woman uh, who is phenomenal in so many ways, but we're also going to have a conversation about things that matter, something that's different than what we've talked about. Typically, we've talked to parents or we've talked about programs in the district, but today we're going to talk about leadership and coaching and how we're going to get better, how we're going to lead forward, how we are going to continue um, a new way forward, but specifically for us as people. Um, The conversation will be centered around executive coaching with Dr. Ann McClellan, and as I mentioned, we're going to close out history, Women's History Month. We're going to talk about the necessary steps it takes to feel empowered, to be empowered, to just be. And then also, I'm going to ask Dr. Ann a question. And so I'm going to put it on her mind. She's looking at me. But if you were to have a talk show, who she would interview. So we'll let her do some interviewing and pretending she's her own talk show host. But before we do all that, we have to do what we usually do. We're going to break the ice. Um, These are random icebreaker questions that have to do nothing with each other. They're just here. I don't even look at them in advance, so I don't even know what they're going to say. I don't even know how to prepare for this part. But first question, and by the way, you'll hear Dr. Ann's voice. Don't worry. I'll tell you more about her in a little bit. So Dr. McClellan, Dr. Ann, Ann, I I can't quite figure out Ann's great. Okay. Ann, what is the biggest company you've ever worked for? Well, it would have to be uh, one of the local school districts. Mm -hmm. It was daunting to recognize they had over 20,000 teachers. There Mm -hmm. were 16,000 operational employees. Mm -hmm. And then it it hit me. I had to Google it to see what the state of Texas, and it is one of the biggest companies in the state of Texas. And it's one of our local school districts. You know, I didn't think you were going to say that. I actually thought you were going to talk about your your gig working for one of the presidents. But I guess it, it wasn't big in terms of size, but it was, I guess, monumental in terms of impact and how your life has changed. I'm going to come back to that. Um, what about what's your favorite TV character from your favorite TV, TV series of all time? So let me, let me actually break that question up. What's your favorite TV character? So I struggle with that one because I'm not such a big TV person. So you're not like vegging out in front of the TV? I am, but um, it's going to be more like Top Chef. Oh, Chef, I love Or Ramsey. it's going to be the voice, like I save them all and then I listen and I may sing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't really watch The Voice until COVID. And then I was like stuck watching The Voice. And what's the, um, Tim Mc- no, it's not Tim McGraw. What's his name? Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. He's hilarious. He really is. And his banter with with uh, John Legend and then the competition with Kelly Clarkson. I mean, they are beautiful people. They make me very happy. I love watching the show. So I have one right now that is a leadership 
and I just, I can't tell you the name of the actor. It's East New York. Oh, I've never seen and this. And she is a commander. Mm-hmm. And um, she is a black woman who grew up like in the neighborhood and mm-hmm. then came back and shows up. And she leads every day. Mm. And she leads in a, she leads with her voice, her actions. But it's something that I just started watching. And I wish I could tell you the name of the actor, but I can't. So but, all the people that's listening that have, have had an inter, interchange with you and, or have been coached by you heard she leads every day. And that was like, of course you would like her because you, you, you encourage us all to she lead also, every day. She also consistently challenges mm. her, uh, you know, the— the police chief, mm-hmm. a chief of police in in New York, mm-hmm. in a way, and the mayor in a way that's responsible, um, but and direct, and accomplishes huge things. So it's just it struck me. It's one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I don't profess to watch a ton of TV, mm-hmm. it's one that I started simply because every time I watch it, there's a leadership lesson mm. that fills me up. Good. Okay. So then. So that's your favorite character. I broke the question up. Do you have a favorite TV series? I mean, even from your childhood or younger days, like, I know maybe many people still enjoy The Cosby Show. Like, it just was so life-changing for them. But then there's also The Wonder Years or The Jeffersons or Taxi or, you know, whatever show. Is there a show that, like, stands out for you? Well, I have two that stand out. I remember when we were in Catholic school and we would rush home to watch Dark Shadows. That's dating me. <laughs> um, but the other one um, that uh, probably like the Jeffersons was one. It's my one of my brother's favorites. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there were things as a family we watched. Yeah. Right. And so I'd say those two. Yeah. Um, we were here with another guest and that show has already aired. And he mentioned, I, rem- I don't remember what the question was, but... He brought up Designing Women. Oh, Do you yeah, remember I remember that, that one. It was such a good show. Dixie. I had a whole, like, mom moment. Like, I remember my mom watching it and, like, how how she—it was a beautiful show. Designing Women is one of—like, it stands out. But also the Golden Girls for me, I used to watch it um, as I went to sleep. But I am um, absolutely a fan of Lucy— and it was because it was one of those shows that we could get. Like, if we didn't have cable, it always came on and always came on at the same time. And Laverne and Shirley. I, I don't remember any of the plots, but I definitely remember, like, the show was on. Well, I love Lucy. Every episode could be a teachable lesson. The yeah. one where you have to do the same thing over and over. Like, I'm just not good at that. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, a Oh, the candy conveyor scene. belt. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she's the like conveyor. The she's eating them and throwing uh-huh. them. And uh-huh. it's like... I frequently reference that one in my mm-hmm. coaching because I don't have the personality to do the same thing over and over. Sure. Hence, when I was sent the script, I thought, well, I'm not <laughs> going to say what I prepared anyway, so I might as well just— Sorry, Toss John. <laughs> but there's a ton of people who are like, well, if you don't send us the script, how do we know what to say? They're confused. Or, so we want to make sure everyone's prepared, and then they do what they want. All right, and then as I mentioned, we're going to ask you if you had your own late-night talk show, like you're Conan— you're Letterman. You're, I mean, Oprah at night, right? You're all. You're one of those. You're Sarah Jessica. No, Sally Jesse Raphael. You could be her, kind of, if you had red glasses. Um, a night with Anne. That's your show. Who's your first guest? Oh, it's Beyonce. Sorry, <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> <fat>. sorry, <laughs> sorry. I think I and I. I may want to have like the opportunity to sing with her too yeah they've done those kind of things right yeah it's Beyonce and then um 
I have created that there is going to be a space that either somebody I know is on Oprah or Oprah is, I'm going to be on Oprah. So uh, Oprah will be my next guest. Oh, good. That's actually a decent show of them together. Yeah. Yeah. It could be really an adventure. It could. Because you never know what Oprah is going to say. And just Beyonce, just there's nothing else I need to say about her. Yes. I can see you dancing right now in my head. I think if we do Well, the- I do think I can dance and sing. So. <laughs> As I promised, I, you, you've heard from her. She's not Beyonce, but she thinks she is. Um, in her regular life, when she's not doing that, she's the executive director of innovation and research faculty at University of Houston. She is Dr. Ann McClellan. Let me read you her bio, um, and then I'll tell you how I know her. Dr. Ann Holds degrees from Syracuse, Buffalo State, and the University of Houston. Go Cougs. She is a systems architect who leads with a focus on creativity, strategy, and continuous improvement. Through her executive coaching and consulting experience, she supports clients like me, myself, and this uh, many leaders in the districts in affecting healthy change, developing organizational strength, and coaching specifically with a leadership focus. Her current clients include Aldine, Spring Branch, Crosby, Yale, I didn't know that, the University of Texas at Tyler, and a roster of individual clients. She also, in her spare time, <laughs> is the executive director of innovation and research, as I mentioned, at the University of Houston's College of Education. She has been a teacher, a principal, and a chief. The University of Houston has recognized her. Um, with many awards, and she's also an executive coach. But today, well, she's been my coach. She's been my friend. She's been my cheerleader. She's been a lot of things for me. Um, But today, she's my guest on the show. Um, I am interested in the questions because I didn't pick these, and you don't know this, um, and and maybe the listeners don't know this, but I don't always know who the guests are going to be. We have a brainstorm at the beginning of the year, and we think about guests, and we talk about the shows. But um, as a true leader, I empower the team to make the best decision based on the conversations we've had. So I was very pleased to see that they invited you to join us for all the things. And I'm interested in how these questions will support um, the whole purpose of the podcast, but what I know is that if they're excited to hear, then it, then it's going to be good. So It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what you think. Tell me when you got the call, what you think, or the email probably. I was really honored because um, I, I feel like I've be, uh, I work in all the Yeah. I don't know how to describe it any mm-hmm. other way. So the email came in. I had done quite a significant amount of work with Aldine leaders, and it was a super successful day. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like the icing on the cake. Like, you did good work today, girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I thought, well, this is going to be fun. Yeah. So I know that there's some there's some things that we're talking about that many people may not have insight to. So when you talk about you feel like you work in Aldine or you had done some work with leaders in Aldine, can you make that plain for the audience so that they understand, like, what is, what is it that you do in Aldine? Why are, why are so many people talking about, have you met with Dr. Ann? Do you know Dr. Ann? Dr. Ann's here. What does that mean? Yeah, so I serve as an executive coach. And when I first started out, I was working with the senior leadership, which would be your core. And um, right, uh, right before COVID broke, uh, on a Sunday, 
Dr. Goffney and I had a phone call, and she said, no, you're going to need to push in, and I want you to push in and serve more people. So you started with the the leaders, with the highest leaders, which would be the superintendent and the chiefs, right? We call that core here. And she said, no, you need to push in. So another— my people, my people are going to need more. So I proposed to her something that I haven't done— I hadn't done in other di- in other districts or in other organizations, which is called vertical coaching, mm-hmm. which is you stand up the individual verticals. And so um, I met with each of the chiefs, started building that out. Mm-hmm. And um, at each layer of the organization, they're getting different levels of right. support. But what uh, the goal was to try to curate the conversation, keeping everybody moving towards the vision and the mission of of Aldine. And so we do these quick, I call them coaching bursts. They're mm-hmm. 30 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. The employee, you know, books them. And then we talk about problems of practice, things that are getting in their way. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a consistent toolbox. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is it it changed the language. Yeah. And frequently, yeah, I'll get a call. I got one this morning saying, you were in our meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it immediately, uh, the there was a breakdown mm-hmm. in the meeting, and there was a reset, mm-hmm. and um, folks said, hey, what are you committed to? And they kind of reset it, but it's exactly the—it was my work in action distributed through the leaders of your organization. That is a success. I like that. I'm glad you shared. And so I hope that the guests understand that while they may not see you, I'm thinking about a teacher who may be listening. Um, that teacher may not be impacted by you directly and may not see you. Your work should be seen in the action of the leaders that they that that you support. So the teacher will feel your impact. And I, I would say this is probably no different than um, us getting professional development going someplace. It, it's a wraparound to the work we're doing around our leadership definition, where we're connecting, impacting, and inspiring. And so you're you're giving us tools, right, with the toolbox and in action opportunities to like work out our leadership. And the most important piece of this is it's just in time. Mm-hmm. So I can be text, I can get a quick phone call, I can get an email, but the employee, the leaders in the organization that are in the program can can schedule. And so frequently we're just dealing with a problem of practice just after it occurred mm-hmm. or before somebody's going into a meeting. So it gives us the ability to press a reset and actually clear out the space of what had happened or what was going to happen so that people felt like they were prepared to be their very best self. Mm -hmm. Because as leaders in education, you're dealing with real-world problems. Yeah. And um, sometimes we get in our own way. We do. And so it's been really a privilege to stand in a space and have so many people leaning towards actually giving their best. Okay. Um, and I, I will talk more about that. I would just want to make sure we un- help the traditional mom who's not has access to you. Maybe we'll give them some tips later on how they can lead. All right. There's questions here. So let me ask this question. Um, in your in your engagement with others, right, you're getting to know someone or you're pulling a group together for in-time coaching or you're moving a team forward. Um, what What are some of the icebreakers you use? So I actually um, often ask, "What's on your mind?" Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, it seems simple. My uh, my goal is is to make my coaching 
land in a 30-minute space so that it's doable, it's actionable. And so um, I have curated a set of questions. It's all relative to the people, how they show up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically, it's Zoom. Um, I try to get to everybody as best I can in person, Mm -hmm. um, especially the senior leadership, Mm because they actually have more time on my -hmm. my coaching book. So another one... um, is typically, uh, what did you learn from last week that mm. you didn't know before? And it opens people right up. Yeah. So um, I know you. she walked in here, y'all, with a bag full of, and I didn't. I can tell you what's in the bag. There's probably books in the bag because she's a book reader. And she believes in the power of uh, literacy and that books are magical, which they are. So h- what book did you read or how did you, how did you end up here? Was it a book? Was it somebody gave you something? Um, to land in this space where you said, coaching, that's what I need. That's yeah. what I can do. So I, I was uh, definitely, uh, I finished my master's um, and I was in a space of what am I going to do? And to do a degree in um, organizational psychology, I was going to have to give up my principalship. And I, I wasn't willing to do that because mm-hmm. there was a, a period where you actually had to work for a year and you were out of your job. So um I had a superintendent call me in and said, I don't know what you're doing, but you build leaders. And um, I said, yeah, well, that's what I'm supposed to do, right? And um, she said, yeah, but w- what we've noticed is people stay with you for two and a half, three years, and then they get promoted. Mm. And so then I started looking at it, and I thought to myself, what am I doing? And I, th- when I left the principalship, I had 48 people who became principals and over time rose through the system. From, from like people who you'd hired, developed, 48? 48. Okay, wait, let's put this in. How long were you in this principal? So I was a principal uh, in one school where I did my doctorate, had my baby. Um, I was a, a older mother having that baby. It was mm-hmm. a lot of work to get to that baby. Uh-huh. And um, I was there for 10 years, so... The magnet coordinator, every counselor, teachers, uh, it was like my, if I saw talent, I promoted talent. So you were the, almost a leader whisperer? You made principals. Yeah, and then my next, you know, I left the district, came back in, and same thing. And um, my goal was to hire one, my weakness, Mm -hmm. somebody who could do something that I wasn't good at. Mm -hmm. And my next goal was to um, hire people who would give me their best and then go lead. What's your weakness? Or And I'm assuming it's changed over time. So it has changed over time. I'm not really not good at doing the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. So if you ask me to, you know, prepare, stick to the script, not going to happen. Um, I tend to be um, super creative. So what happens uh, with that often is... Um, I am quickly frustrated if I see people who don't see the opportunity or mm-hmm. the possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So needed people around me who were grounded, who like to do um, some of the same things day Routine. after yeah. routines. I need those kind of people around me. I can't. I need to be free to make up something. <laughs> the other thing is, is I'm really detailed. Yeah. So I need somebody who is also very open to feedback. Mm. Mm-hmm. So um, speaking about open to feedback and detailed, 
Are there things um, about that that show up in your personal life, like in your mom life or your 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 friend life that that you've seen also show up in your like you're the leader maker, right? This magical uh, superpower that you have is to make leaders. How does that show up in your personal life? Yeah, so I tried to bifurcate my life where I have friends and my job is not to coach them. Uh-huh. Um, so I always have this phrase, are you open to some coaching? Or my other one, which some of the people in the room would laugh, is I have an offer, <laughs> right? And um, I walked into a room the other day and I said, are you open to feedback? <laughs> And they looked at me and busted out laughing. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's been harder. I have a, um, a really bright, uh, obviously I adore this only child. God mm-hmm. gave me one and mm-hmm. and he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and she's very, very successful in um, starting her own family. And I'm really conscious of my job is not to coach her. Mm-hmm. She is in a world that is not anything I know. Mm-hmm. But wait, I ask ask good questions. I have my superpower, which is listening. Mm-hmm. So with my friends, my daughter, my husband, and family, um, I try to stay in a role that is not coaching mm-hmm. so you, or building leaders mm-hmm. uh, unless they ask for it. So you bring up the concept of superpower and we've talked about that in my sessions, and I've heard you talk about it to others. Y'all, everyone in this room is shaking their head um, because I I have encouraged my team and made it made uh, Dr. Ann available uh, because I do think that no matter where you're at, you're a leader. So no matter where you are in the organization, there's an opportunity for you to lead. And so superpowers is a, is a term that has become almost, you know, part of our, our vernacular here, like feedback and coaching. Um but as women, because we're still in Women's History Month, do you think that there's some superpowers that women have that um, can be tapped into? That I'm going to ask you that about women. I'm at one point going to ask you something about men, but I wonder, are there superpowers there that women are using? And I'm I, this is going to be very, very general, like it's a generic statement, but there are a lot of women in education. And so I think that's going to, I'm trying to connect the dots here and say, you know, are there some superpowers that some women have that have made them successful in leadership? Or are there some superpowers that it's just, we all know we have them and we should use them in our field in education to be successful? Loaded questions. <laughs> That was a lot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so if I pull back the curtains for women, and I did a session this morning with a, a really uh, high-performing leader who's really influential, she just, and she's just coming into understanding her ability to get things done through others, mm-hmm. um, through her influence. Through others. She, That's a She's mouthful. trying to do um, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, manage a family, manage her home, manage Mm -hmm. this, manage that, and also position herself as an exemplary performer. And so her superpower, as I see it, is she is a connector, Mm -hmm. and she is somebody who can call you to action and get things done. Mm -hmm. But she does that in her family. And so we've spent some time peeling back and pushing back those curtains to say, is it yours to handle? Is all of that yours to handle at home? Mm-hmm. If if you could be, you know, 
And I have a friend who gave me a magic wand. Somebody told me it was a scepter the other day, but <laughs> I take the magic wand out and I just on the Zoom said, I'm going to, you know, if I could give you this magic wand, what would you change? She said, I would delegate more in my home. Mm-hmm. Well, what would that look like? So we got to the point where she actually could be more influential in the things that mattered at home if she did less of the things that she didn't have to do. And since there's only one you at work, it freed her up in the last two months mm-hmm. to show up in a way that was pretty sparkly and pretty powerful, and she's been asked to take on something else. But then she learned from what she did at home to say, I'm going to have to give something else up to take this on. And so her superpower is a connector. Mm -hmm. And But it took our coaching over a two-month period for her to build the balance. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, she built the balance, and she's looking up, and she's going to rise up. And then home got balanced. Mm. You know, I'm thinking about, um, so I have friends in a lot of places. And, you know, you just never know who you're going to connect with. And I'm thinking about some very specific people who also know, listen to the podcast, how they, that moment right there you just had will probably be important to them. And many of them are in leadership roles. And when I say leadership roles, they might be an assistant principal or a counselor, right? So they're leaders of their area and and they are trying to figure out how do I delegate? How do I do this? How do I lead? Because at home, everybody's looking to them, right? Because they're super mom or they're super daughter, right? Because they're they're helping their parents or they're doing whatever. Um, that's important what you said. We've got to figure out like there's some things we can learn. I, I appreciate you bifurcating your life, but there's some things we can learn from our personal life and apply them to our professional life and, and vice versa. So Women's History Month, how do we help women who are professionals figure out what their um, superpowers are and stand and use them without feeling like they're doing too much or not enough, right? Or mothering someone rather than leading someone. Yeah, so it's it. That's a tough dance because we have been. um, I, I actually believe it's men and women been taught that, especially women, not to brag, not to bring attention to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I did perhaps in my early career, I was a lot, spoke Mm -hmm. too much, Mm -hmm. had too many ideas. Sure. um, The biggest personality in the room. I've I've been told some of those things in some attendance. I'm I'm sorry, some um, reviews. I've I've gotten that feedback. Mm Mm-hmm. So make space um, for others. It's, it's learning to um, learning to position yourself to um, it, first. I, you know, like I would encourage somebody who is in this position trying to figure out, like, how do I how do I be my best self? Is uh, I've often tell people write down what you want to say. You're in a meeting, write it down. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say it the first time. Let's let's review it. And let's let's practice your voice so your it's your real voice and it's a clear voice and it calls for action mm-hmm. versus you're just thinking out loud. Um, and I think I took you on a, a goose chase for the question, but um, to get to your superpower is what you asked me, mm-hmm. right? 
figuring out what you're good at, but also making sure that it aligns with the voice that you use every day. Because mm. you can have great ideas in your head, but you never speak them. So I build kind of a, again, I use this word, a clearing, a clear space to write things down. And then we start looking for what is your superpower. And I ask you to ask people, what are you good at? Mm -hmm. And then you can start to put it together and stand in that. Because when we're told, um, don't do it this way, this is how we do it. We have this really programmed way of showing up as a leader. Mm -hmm. um, we sometimes don't give our be very best self or somebody else who wrote a book. You know, mm -hmm. we're not doing ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're not doing you. Mm -hmm. I, in my mind, I'm thinking, um, what are you good at? I think that I want to start asking. I we're going to have a staff meeting soon. And so I'm going to ask my staff, what are you good at? Because I think I can tell you what I think you're good at. But then that's me. That's what I think about you. So for a staff meeting, I often will do a whip around acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge, you know, I put a name in front of you, mix them up. Acknowledge one thing you think that person is really good at mm -hmm. or exceptional at. That's good. And whip it around and just say it. But, but you know where I was going is I want to ask them what they're good at. Because if, I'm going to use a name here, if John thinks he's good at um, speaking to people, and there's a time when he's not good at speaking to people. And I see, like, oh, John, you didn't really do that right. That wasn't really good. And you can give him. Now that I can give him feedback, feedback on a place where we agree, right? Because he said that's what he thinks he's good at, right? Sometimes I think we decide what someone's good at, and then we give them feedback on that. And they're like, I never was good at that. Well, you nailed it on the head. The average human being that works in the workplace doesn't ever consider what they're good at. Mm, mm -hmm. Unless you get to another, you, you rise to a level of leadership and you've been told this is what you're good at and you stay in that, you know, that that stream of work. Yeah. Um, but it's it's tough. Most people, oh, I can't, I wish I was a fly in the room when you ask them. Yeah. Because th th they'll probably struggle. Yeah. Because it's not the way we talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, you're talking, I'm listening, but I'm over here saying, what would I write and say that I'm good at? Yeah, so what are you good at? What would it look like if they knew that's what you were really good at? Yeah, let me see. I'm going to try to do this. And then everyone who's listening can hold me accountable. Try that for leadership. <laughs> so what are you good at? I am good at making a connection with people. And so when I saw that in action, what would they tell me about how you've connected with them? She asked about my family. She remembered things about me that I told her. I'm thinking about everyone who's sitting in this room. Um, but I'm good at it because I care. I really do want to know. And then also, I know that if, I, if, if people are struggling in an area, it's probably because they're dealing with something. And so when I ask people about their dog, you know, how's your dog doing? And then later on, I find out dog died. Well, that's why they're showing up late. That's why they're not, you know, their stories aren't great. It's not because they're being, you know, lazy. It's because they've got other stuff in their space. They haven't made a clearing, right, to focus. They're focused on something else. So I would say one of your superpowers, uh, uh, to quote Brene Brown, is you're wholehearted. You're, mm. You open your heart to people and you connect at a level where they know you care. Mm. And that wholeheartedness. Are y'all agreeing? 
Yeah. John's not. That's all right. That's all right, John. I'm going to work on it. I'm working on it. That's feedback for me. I can get better, John. He's thinking. I can get better. Okay, and we've gone a little way, but the I think that that is, people will, I think people who's listening will really wonder, like, what am I good at? And I, you know, I'm going to challenge those who are listening, you know, to tag us, to DM us, and tell us what they're good at. And that way, you know, they've once said it out loud. Once you said it out, once you say something out loud, it's real. If it's still in your head, y'all, we didn't hear you. That means it might not ever come out. But challenge you to figure out and think about what you're good at. And it might take you this whole episode, might take you another week. Well, and often, and you've heard this, all of you have heard this, typically it goes the way you say. Yeah, it does. Right? So if you're good at something... Just putting it out into existence, your brain is going to walk that way. That's right. I mean, it's the power affirmations, right? Work. When you put things on your mirror, um, I, it's it's all the things that we know how to do. Okay, I'm going back to my questions so they don't um, kill me over here. What are your most significant mental pitfalls that you see leaders stepping into? Or what have you seen? I mean, I, we've talked about you working in Aldine, but you also work in other school districts at Yale, for God's sake. Um, but leaders are leaders. So what are the pitfalls you see leaders walking into? Oh, it's the story we tell ourselves. Something happens and there's a story in our head about it. And typically it's a story that we have played over and over mm-hmm. from our childhood, through our family, mm-hmm. through our first you know, significant relationship. When we moved out of the house, there's a story that has a common theme. Mm-hmm. And again, this morning, I found myself in a position saying, well, what's the story you're telling yourself about this? And the person tells me, and I said, what else could it be? Mm-hmm. What else could it be? Mm-hmm. What else could it be? Mm-hmm. And then we got to the fifth what else, and it's like, oh, that's <laughs> what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, actually, uh, I was driving to work most most days I'm driving to work going everybody's gonna know that I'm late because y'all I don't get to work on time and it's it's a thing okay not a thing I'm working on but a thing that's happening it just is when you got two little people you have to get ready in the morning whatever your time you're supposed to be there you really need to add like 35 more minutes right so I'm driving to work thinking everybody's gonna see me they're all gonna know that I'm late they're gonna think I'm a you know not a good manager Nobody cares about me being late, and in fact, nobody's at the back door waiting on me because I don't have my badge, right? They're doing their work. <laughs> They're not well, thinking about so me. Well, and so another story, what could it be? You were available 24-7 mm-hmm. and that you did put time in the night before, so you're not late. You're available. Agreed. But again, I'm telling myself this story that because this idea that I'm supposed to be there at 8 and and work ends at 5, when very well you know that work does not begin at 8 or end at 5. But like you for said— For your position. For my position, right? For my position. But, I've t- but I'm telling myself this story that people are watching me and wondering why I'm not there, why I'm not there at 8 o'clock. And, and I do it every single day almost. Yeah. So— um- what else could it be? What else what, what else could they think? They also could think, man, I, she works a lot. Or, man, I don't know how she's getting up every day putting three, you know, putting two kids together and then coming to work dealing with our stuff. But and you're I, still stuck at home. It, what else could it be, Shelly? It could be oh. you're coming from a meeting. Oh, yeah. What else could it be? 
I'm not, I'm at the other building. Yeah. I'm so worried that people are thinking about me. But I'm I'm using that me as an example, but I'm sure that there are other people saying, man, in that meeting, I didn't talk. And so people don't think I have a voice. But really, you were dealing with a fire or someone said what you were going to say. So you didn't ask. But it, I think it speaks to your point of we tell ourselves this story. We tell ourselves this story. And as as I if I keep telling myself the same story, I have somewhere along the line said I need to be available and people need to see me when I'm always available. People so are you available? Yeah, You're always available. I'm always available. Yeah, I'm always available. That's But it's difficult. But I like that you said that's a pitfall that we all have. We just have to figure out where the pitfall happens for us and how do we stop from falling And then we it. act in a way that's consistent with the story we've told ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you're running through and people are saying hello and you may not be your friendly, connecting, mm-hmm. wholehearted self. Not. <laughs> I mean, there's a theme that I, I mean, I met somebody, I went to a wedding from a, a colleague that I knew, I mean, years ago. And the, a person there was like, are you a morning person yet? And I was like, oh, I forgot. At that moment, I was, I hated mornings. But it really wasn't that I hated mornings. I just, like you said, was flying through trying to get to my space. Um, it wasn't ever about not being a morning person. Huh. Interesting. What have people you've coached taught you about yourself? Um, well, I, I've I've developed some skills, and you know, I've ha- I have worked with some really good coaches. I have a dear friend that we coach each other mm-hmm. um, and have conversations where uh, we've talked to each other all the way from Houston to Austin or Houston to College Station, um, handling problems. A thing I have learned is. I don't have to be the smartest person in the room anymore, mm-hmm. which I really prided myself at being bright and um, accomplishing big things. But I have to be the best listener. Mm. And so I uh, will find uh, somebody on a phone will go, are you still there? Well, I'm really listening. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because now I hear people in a different way. Today I heard somebody on one of my Zoom calls where they just weren't themselves. And I heard it yesterday, too, and it was quick to say, hey, didn't it just didn't feel right, or are you okay? Mm-hmm. And I got, no, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I have some time to chat. Do you want to chat? And mm-hmm. it was a friend, mm-hmm. right, yesterday. And today it was a work colleague. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've learned to listen. I I don't have to give advice anymore. The it, the answers within you mm. is another thing that I've learned. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't take much um, other than really constructing good questions that has you think. And then the second part of the question is me trying to help you curate your thinking so that you can take action. I'm so glad you went there. Um, so I asked about you. We've talked about coaching Help me to understand and the audience to understand how this all is going to impact student achievement. Like in the end, you know, what does it matter that you're coaching a leader? What does that mean? Because it, because the bottom line is how our students are performing. That's great. I'm going to take it from the other. I had the privilege as a teacher working for really great principals and then as a principal 
working for really great assistant superintendents and superintendents, and then at a chief level working for a phenomenal superintendent. And what what happens is it all it just you could look at their view from the classroom or the child's view to the teacher. Looking up, they see and hear alignment. They they may feel less frustration. What happens is is it creates a culture and a climate that um, stays curious, stays agile, stays connected. Um, being in education is really hard work right now. Listen, more. I mean, hard. You're when you just say hard, that doesn't even. Oh, I, it, it's. I it, can't even put into the other day. I was saying, like, when was life easy? Like, when was education? I mean, like, it just, it's, it feels so, oh, I don't, daunting. It feels so draining. But then, you know, then I'm reading the newspaper and stories and articles and it's the post-COVID. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I can't even remember pre-COVID, though. I don't know that it was good then. So I'm with you. I'm sorry for that little moment. But I do know that there are people who are like, life is hard. So when life is hard and and you're the leader, Mm -hmm. um, it isn't, you have to be your best self. And and, um, I I want to credit my uh, a dear friend, some training that we did together. You have to be bigger than yourself, bigger than the self you were yesterday when you walk in that school or you walk in that classroom because they need you to be bigger than yourself mm-hmm. and they need you to connect when it may not be your natural way to connect. They may need you to be persuasive when it's not your natural way to be persuasive. Mm-hmm. They may need for you to present the data in a way that they get it and that it's actionable for them. So um, if if we do our work as leaders, the end user is going to be the child and the family. And when they run into a problem in the classroom, a parent has a problem with a teacher, the way that's handled may be handled with a grace that is open and and um different than the way they normally act on life. And mm-hmm. there is nothing worse than parent pain. There is nothing. Yeah, you want I I, I have the privilege of um, interacting with many of our families. And it is usually at a time when they've reached, they've talked to everyone and they're over it. And what they want to do is they want to scream and they want to give up on us. Um, but what I've learned is that Every single parent, I don't care who they are, what their child did, where their child is, they love their child. And so when their child is not happy, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, that, Like you said, parent pain, parent frustration, You, there's nothing. So what would it look for, like for uh, a, ch- a child, a teacher, a principal? I, I have a simple goal that I'm working on in in the month of April is whatever problem is thrown to you, look at it like a ball, catch it and, and look at the ball and say, this is not about me. It's not personal and describe the ball. And then don't throw the ball back, hand the ball back, Mm. hand it back with grace, hand it 
back with some curiosity, asking good questions, hand the ball back, being the problem, Mm -hmm. with what are we going to do together to solve this? Yeah. And then here's what I'm going to do as the leader to solve this. The trickle down for the classroom is you're going to just have human beings, leaders at all levels, classroom leaders, school leaders, district leaders, national leaders, taking a breath and not making things personal Mm -hmm. and taking a breath and trying to solve for the real problem versus the story or or the way we feel about it or our politics. Yeah. There are other questions here, but I think that's a great place to end. I mean, in Aldine, we're supposed to be connected. That's our focus this year. And so I can appreciate that you've told us to give the ball back, but do it in a way that you feel connected. You don't just hand the ball back and move. Or throw it back. Yeah, you stay with it, right? You stay connected to it. You stay Alden connected. So, And then at the end, you said the end user is the student and the and the family. And so it do, we all have to be leaders, great leaders at every single level, ensuring that, one, they also, too, get to be great leaders. So I appreciate you for being here. We've had some great women's history episodes. I think this one will go down as one of those. Um, the one I use always as an example is the very first one we did, The Valiant Leader. Um, and that was Dr. Tamika Alfred-Stevens and Dr. Katie Rohde. And they cried, right? Um, and we use that as an example. You didn't cry. <laughs> but I think that the the jewels and the things that you left here will, in fact, build more leaders, valiant women, valiant men, men who are strong, uh, women who are strong, leaders in Aldine that are able to really impact the students that we serve. So thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for um, for being part of the Aldine family. I know you said you think you work here. We think you work here sometimes too. Um, thank you. And thank you for helping us um, get better. Thank you for spending time with us. And those of you who are listening, thank you for listening. Aldine ISD is, is an amazing place. We have so many things um, in our toolbox to make us better. And I'm glad we were able to give you a glimpse into some of the things that your leaders are are dealing with and experiencing and how they're getting better. Dr. Um, McClellan, is there a way for li- for our listeners or stakeholders to connect with you or do you have any imparting words or a book or a podcast or a story that they should be kind of looking at too so that they too can get better? Sure. So um, annmcclellan.com is uh, a way, uh, and it's coach at annmcclellan.com. Spell your last name for us. So it's uh, coach at A-N-N-E, and then it's M-C-C-L-E-L-L-A-N.com. Mm-hmm. Favorite book, which happens to be in the bag you referenced, it's called The Coaching Habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it if if you really take it on, it'll, le- it'll change the way you live, mm. not just lead. Mm. Change the way you live, not lead. Love that. It's a privilege to work with you. Aldine has taken on big challenges and is doing big stuff on behalf of children. Yeah. And children who may not have been seen or heard and may have been underserved mm-hmm. um, in their lives, not just in Aldine, but in their lives. And then parents, too, who need a voice. And it's a privilege to work with you all. Thank you. So if you're listening, be sure to continue to listen to all the things, the All United ISD podcast. You can find us on all your major podcast platforms. Just hit the subscribe button and share with your friends. Until next time, try something out of the ordinary 
And then maybe when I come back, I'll have a voice. But we'll talk soon. (laughs) 